Welcome to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered with Perry Clark. This program looks at mental health from unique perspectives and shows you how to manage your life by finding the knots that help you and stay away from the ones that could be a disadvantage. Now, here is your host, Perry Clark. Hello, all. Welcome back to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, licensed spiritual and family therapist. Back with you. Now, if my voice sounds a little off, I'll be frank. I got sick during the Christmas holiday and I'm still recovering. The joys of asthma takes me about a month to dry out my lungs. Uh, So I sound a little raspy right now (laughs) or suddenly started coughing. That's why. Uh, So please bear with me. But I also want to point out that this is the starting of our recordings for Black History Month, which I like to think of not just Black History Month, but Black Pride as well, and the celebration of what it means to be a Black person living in this world of color and the things that we strive to do, not just for ourselves, but for our people and our culture and the world itself. So I want to remind everyone that this podcast is for educational and uh, entertainment purposes. It does not constitute working with a licensed professional. Please seek one out in your area to work on your unique issues. Now, today's guest, keeping with, as I said, more dealing with uh, Black History and Black Pride Month, uh, is an individual who came came to connection by a roundabout method. Uh, I was approached with somebody to to bring on the podcast, and then talking with them, we kind of felt like, uh, between what I, what this podcast represents, they were not the best representation for it. But we wanted to make sure that the information that they wanted to talk about was going to be in a venue that could be received and be presented by someone who we all can hear from that are interested and connected with our sense of our identity. And so they connected me with this individual. So I would love for you all to meet Dr. Damien Salas is a clinical psychologist, published author with the books From Morning to Night, and that is spelled with a K, uh, Overcoming Loss, and What's Your Action Plan? Six Powerful Ways to Get Unstuck in Your Life Now. They are a speaker and a teacher. In his over 20 years in the field of psychology, he has worked with a wide wide (laughs) range of populations and issues included but not limited to anxiety, grief, loss, and trauma. He is a he is a he is currently a military and family life counselor at MFLC, helping service members and their children overseas adjust to and thrive within the military lifestyle. He is also along with Allison Stoner, the co-developer and co-facilitator of the Movement Genius, holistic fitness program that connects mind, body, and being through creativity. He's one of the co-founders of the Black Tappers United, a collective a collective of Black EFT tapping practitioners whose goal it is to bring tapping to the Black community in a safe, affordable, and effective way. Damien, welcome to Untying Knots. Thank you so much for having me, Perry. I'm uh, thrilled to be here and excited to uh, have this dialogue with you and your listeners. Right. Welcome. So how did you get into all of this? Because I think that's also one of those big questions uh, that often comes up for, especially anyone who's interested in getting into the mental health world, especially mm-hmm. a person of color. Yeah. So I'll try to give you the short version, but uh, we'll see how that happens, how that works out. Um, so essentially, you know, as you stated in my bio, uh, I've been doing this work for over 20 years as a a clinical psychologist. Um, But if you back up several years before that, I kind of found, fell fell into, I should say, um, the world of psychology as an undergrad student. Um, I was going to Howard University at that time. And for the first couple of years when I was there, I was kind of lost. I was um, not sure what I wanted to declare as my major. And then our junior year, we had to declare a major. So I said, okay, I mm-hmm. have to figure something out. Um, and initially I chose radio TV film because uh, I, I loved music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I was like, I want to do something with music. I'm not really sure what, uh, but let me see what I can get into. And I remember the first day of 
our orientation in that major, they said, um, you know, this is a great major to have. It's a great place to, to do wonderful things. Um, and if you're in it solely for the money, there's not a lot of money in it. And not that money was my driving factor, mm -hmm. but I also thought, well, actually, I could always do something with music on the side. So what could I do as an actual career? Um, and, and, and so something in me shifted and I realized that I was always the person that people went to talk to, mm -hmm. um, that people would call me up and, and ask me advice and, um, you know, just kind of vent about their everyday life stuff growing up, you know, so I knew that I was that person, uh, the kind of the shoulder to cry on for a lot of people. So mm -hmm. I said, well, what if I could take that and turn that into a career? Um, mm -hmm. and so that's what led me, that's one part of it. So that's kind mm -hmm. of one side of, of the coin, um, is that, you know, I just knew that I was always that person that people would come to and ask, uh, questions of, and, and, um, you know, just kind of work out their mm -hmm. own issues through. Uh, but then also, uh, when I was a senior in high school, um, my sister was murdered and, um, and so, yeah. And so when I was at Howard and, um, I, I went those first couple of years, I was just lost, like I said, and part of the reason was because I was, I was grieving. Mm -hmm. And, um, so in my grief process, I realized I could go to the counseling center and take advantage of their counseling services there. And so that's exactly what I did. Um, I ended up going to see a therapist while I was there and she was extremely helpful. And mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of the word, but she was such a huge impact on my development and my processing my grief. Mm -hmm. uh, and so not only did I do individual therapy with her, but she suggested I do group therapy as well for people mm -hmm. who had gone through loss. And um, so I, I started going through both um, the latter more hesitantly, more with more resistance because I didn't right. really want to do group work. Um, but I trusted her judgment and I trusted her clinical, you know, assessment that that would be helpful for me. And and so I just realized by going through that process, just how helpful therapy was for me. And mm -hmm. so I, I could provide that for somebody else and whatever it is, whether it's grief and loss or trauma, um, then that's what I would like to do. And so I kind of combined kind of what I had already known mm -hmm. and uh, the grief that I was going through. And uh, that's kind of how I fell into the whole field. So that was a, a really long answer to <laughs> No, no, but I think I think it's also an important answer for people <laughs> to understand what again motivates us to move into this field. It's not all because of money. Correct. There is an aspect of both our circumstances, our drives, our callings to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it was something that at that point it was, it just felt so natural. Like as I was going through the process, I was like, why would I not do this? You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and granted, I still continue to do stuff with music and dance and all those things. Um, yet I just, I knew that as a career, it was, it was the fit for my soul really. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. And <laughs> what allows us to work with our soul as opposed to get into that deadening space of what we have to do because it's the the what has been idealized in some cases as the work that ensures our continuing existence but yeah that's entirely different other subject to talk about at times <laughs> right but anyone who's talking about <laughs> your friend brad yates as who had originally had him in approach to be on the show and it's like uh but with the focus of this show, he's not exactly the best one to be matching for this. So he uh -huh. suggested you. And this is in regards to the emotional freedom technique or tapping. So 
please educate our, my listeners on what it is, how it works, and how it can fit, especially for Black people and other BIPOC and sure. LGBT. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. And LGBT. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yes. First of all, shout out to Brad Yates. He's a, an amazing tapper. Her, him and I met um, some years ago and um, just a great guy. And as you said, like, I love that he was like, I might not be the best person for this. <laughs> so let me defer to somebody else who might be a better fit. So, um, yeah. So when I was going along in my um, psychological journey and, and um, my career path, I eventually started working. Well, I had been working with the military in one capacity, and then I started working um, as a contractor with the military on a small base just south of D.C., and it was part of the TBI uh, or traumatic brain injury and PTSD initiative or post-traumatic stress disorder initiative. And that came about shortly after um, the wars in Iraq and Af Afghanistan. And what a lot of people were realizing is these service members are coming back from combat with all sorts of uh, issues related to what they saw, what they experienced, um, which could be clinically uh, diagnosed as PTSD and or TBI. Um, and so as I was seeing these service members in therapy, um, I realized that with my prior training in psychodynamic therapy, uh, which was very Freudian in nature, but it was more mm -hmm. so just traditional kind of talk therapy, um, which was amazing. It was great to have as a foundation. And then I realized there was some limitations. Um, and there mm -hmm. were, especially when I was dealing with and talking to people who had been traumatized, I could see them cringe and I can see them tighten up and I could see them not want to have these conversations about what it was they witnessed while they were in combat. And um, that didn't sit well with me. And I um, kind of just went on a search. I literally just Googled therapeutic techniques for trauma. Mm -hmm. And um, I came across EFT or emotional freedom techniques, which is also called tapping. And um, so I did a little bit of research into that. And I took one of the first trainings that I could from Dawson Church. I went to New York for the weekend, uh, went through my training there. And, um, you know, from just from that experience alone, I saw the power and the benefits of it, um, not only for myself, because uh, just a, a quick example, you know, in order to have other people use some of these techniques, I, mm -hmm. I think it's important for us as clinicians to also right. try them, to use them, to incorporate them into our whatever it is, our daily mm -hmm. routine or um, at least our therapeutic regimen. Um, and so as a day, I was also a, um, a dancer, a, a hip hop dancer with a, a dance crew in D.C. at the time. And I was always one of the least flexible people. Mm -hmm. And so in my practice, during this training, I did, I went through a round of tapping, uh, just addressing my lack of flexibility. And I was able to touch my toes, like when I was stretching. <laughs> and it was, it was like, my mind was blown because I had never been able to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I said, there has to be something there. Like, clearly there's a mind-body connection. And once mm -hmm. I addressed that and could realize, wait, I'm actually more flexible than I ever gave myself permission to be or thought I was, um, <laughs> I was sold um, from that point on. And then I just started using that technique with the service members with whom I, were, mm -hmm. I was working and um, I just saw the, the tremendous results in a very short mm -hmm. amount of time as they worked through some of their issues. It wasn't all PTSD. It wasn't all trauma based, uh, but it certainly was a lot. So I'm curious then, and this may be useful for some of the listeners, drawing back to that aspect of the personal experience you were having with the flexibility. Because mm -hmm. again, someone might say is like, so hip hop dance requires a lot of flexibility. I can see that. But this understanding about where were you being flexible and not flexible, 
what was kind of this um what was the emotional block because again that connection is not something that everyone would think about in dealing with their lives mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah absolutely so it's well, and, and like you said, so it's tying the physical with the emotional. Mm. And so, you know, I, I I remember saying, even though I'm, you know, so frustrated that I can't touch my toes, right? But it's also like this physical block of even though I'm not being flexible, like where am I not mm-hmm. being? I think that's that can also be a metaphor um, as we, we speak these things out loud, it's like, wait, maybe there are areas of my life where I'm actually not being flexible. And where can I start to let go so I can go a little bit more with the flow, for instance, um, mm-hmm. you know, or stop holding on so tightly to things and start to just let go just a little bit more. Um, and I think once we start to tie like those those things together, that's when, again, we can start to let go of some of the things that have kept us stuck, that have kept us mm-hmm. inflexible, kept us all those those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that subtlety of what it is. It uh, doesn't mean that it's always going to be something very large and obvious that is going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 you go. <laughs> no, I was just going to reiterate what you said. I'm I'm curious what, yeah. Well, because I think then, because it also bring, it brings up into the thinking, I think also culturally around the idea of, oh, someone's got to be crazy. They've got to be making all these, again, large swings, large disruptions, large unhealthy decisions to realize, no, there's some very subtle ones. And even more so, those who fi- eventually do find themselves in these situations, how many subtle things led here, as opposed to it's big from and every step. That's right. Yeah. And so when you take, for instance, <laughs> BIPOC folks who um, go through daily stressors, um, daily discrimination, daily stress and pressure that um, other people may not go through. Um, sometimes we don't even realize that we're taking it on. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so even just acknowledging that is so important, but also I, I know a lot of times for people in the, in you know, in the black community and in the BIPOC world that we tend to say, well, I can do it all on my own. Like I've got mm-hmm. it. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need anybody to, to, work with me. I I know why, why I do what I do. And I know the issues that I'm dealing with. So I don't need to pay somebody to, to talk to and, and, and try to help me. And while I hear that, Mm -hmm. I also think it couldn't be further from the truth and that we all are human beings that are made to connect Right. And so mm-hmm. if you can find somebody you can connect with who can connect with you in a way. And I think that's one of the beauties of um, EFT is you're essentially taking what people are telling you and you're reflecting it back to them. Mm-hmm. And what better gift is that? Right. Like when when somebody reflects back to you what you've said and in a way that they're saying, I understand what you're saying, like I get it and um, we can acknowledge it. We can uh-huh. put it on the table and then we can do something about it. And I think for for uh, black folks in particular um, and, and LGBTQIA folks as well, when your um, existence isn't acknowledged, honored, valued in certain ways, and especially, um, yeah, just w- when it's not, and especially by people who look different from us, um, it, we and, don't want to open up, <laughs> and, <laughs> right? but also just as equally by people who do look and function in the same world. We do too, as well. It That's goes right. both ways. It does. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And, and so just being able to connect with somebody in that way, um, I think it is, there's something so powerful in it that, um, I know for myself, even as a therapist, I have my own therapist. I have mm-hmm. had different therapists along the way. Um, 
You know, and I, I think it's important because even though I know why I do the things I do, it's important to get it from different, have somebody else reflect it back to me from a different mm-hmm. perspective. Um, and in a way that where I feel heard, uh, where I feel understood, um, where I feel valued and worthy and and acknowledged and all those things that, again, we need um, in our healing processes. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about the um, EFT and the Black, I think it's the Tappers United. Yep. Yeah. So tell us more a bit about, about that. Yeah. So that was started um, after the George Floyd murder mm-hmm. and um, um, the demonstrations that were happening across the country and across the world. Um, at that mm-hmm. time, you know, so we're all in COVID. That happened. It, it shined the spotlight on, um, you know, uh, you know, racism. I guess. I mean, it wasn't a big spotlight. I think for, mm-hmm. for black folks, but or it wasn't a, a huge. Um, it was huge in that we all witnessed this this murder together. Mm-hmm. I think that's what made it so different. Um, and so when we had this collective trauma, it was, what can we do about it? And, mm-hmm. and so uh, um, uh, a tapper, uh, Joe Mitchell, he reached out mm-hmm. to me and he said, hey, like, I've seen your work. Like, I'd love to do some work together and see if we can bring this healing tool to the Black community it's it's a free tool, like literally at at our fingertips. And mm-hmm. I would love to educate and bring this tool to more people in our community so that we can start and continue the healing process, not only through what we've been through collectively and what we witnessed, but the continuing things that happen on a daily basis and or, you know, the things that we constantly see on the news. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so we started to reach out to other black, um, you know, people of color, uh, clinicians who, who also were EFT trained mm-hmm. and um, formed this kind of collective. And so we started off by doing um, different uh, healing circles, um, offering this, this tool to different people. Um, unfortunately, we, we haven't had as much, since I've been in Germany and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, things kind of life got back to normal ish after COVID started to. It took on a well, life was never going to be the same after COVID. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever yeah. our new configuration is, let's also be frank, it's still not as healthy as it could be. N- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and and COVID is still here, right? So Mm -hmm. it's not like that has gone anywhere. It's just evolved kind of like, you know, um, yeah, how racism changes and evolves, how it looks over time. So Mm -hmm. it morphs and all those things, but it always at its core um, the same. But um, so, yeah, unfortunately, we haven't had like as much momentum and energy with that, mm-hmm. um, but we still collectively meet and and communicate and uh, still want to get that message out because it's it's needed. Right. And this this technique is something that you don't necessarily need a, um, a practitioner with you to do. You can literally mm-hmm. just quit at home on your own. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that, that that's the wonderful part about this tool that I love so much. So let's just also be right. Yes, people can do this on their own and it's helpful. Part of what the practitioner brings is also perspective. So understand, yes, you can do this for yourself and you're going to encourage growth and change. But we Mm -hmm. can go even further with that growth and change by also having that perspective shift. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Maximizing the healing as much as possible with this technique. Yes. Yes. So, we, yeah. And even yeah. us at <laughs> the collective, we all have, uh, or some of us have worked together with each other. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like 
actually needed a tapping session to work through some stuff right now. Can can I work with you? And so we've worked with each other because even though we're all practitioners, even though we all kind of know um, what we could say if we were to tap on our own, it's so much more helpful when you have that person to reflect back. And, and, and then you get those aha moments that sometimes you may not get mm-hmm. when you're doing it on your own. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So in the time we've, mm, let's put it this way. Okay. So I think this would be a good place for us to take a break. What okay. we're going to do when we come back, I'm going to ask you to give sort of a, even though this is an audio <laughs> uh, platform, can you walk us through a, a slice of doing tapping so that people can be, have a better sense of what they're actually being asked to do and why they should seek out someone to actually properly learn the technique from too. Mm-hmm. That's all good. Uh, yes, sounds great to me. Okay, so stay tuned, folks, for the second half as we will be doing some tapping uh, uh, here on Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist, here with Dr. Damien Salas, psychologist and EFT tapper as well. So stay tuned for our second half, folks. We'll be there shortly. <laughs> Birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Our lives and the world around us can get messy and frustrating. Untangle and Grow Counseling's focus is to untangle that mess and make sense of it so you have a good foundation to build and grow from. Visit us on the web at untangleandgrowcounseling.com. Perry Clark offers individual psychotherapy, couples and family therapy, and adolescence therapy from a variety of coping materials and resources. Visit untangleandgrowcounseling.com for more information. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. If you have a question or comment about our podcast, send an email to pclark at untyingknotspodcast.com. That's pclark at untyingknotspodcast.com. And now, back to the program. Hello all, welcome back to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist, here with Dr. Damon Salas. I, for some reason, well... If you've been a long-term listener, you know I screw up somebody's name no matter how much I want, don't want to. Uh, I'm just sticking with my par for my course because we also respect mistakes and bring those in because we are human. Uh, I'm here with Damien. Uh, sorry, Damien. Yeah, Damien. Uh, here to talk about emotional freedom technique, also known as tapping, especially for the BIPOC and LGBT audience especially of color and i also want to make strong reference to that this is also very important for men whether you identify as a black man whether you identify as an lgbt man whether you identify as a black lgbt man as well all of this is important for us in our healing as well so damon we were going to be doing a sort of mini demo for people to start understanding what this is. So please walk us through all of this. Sure. And uh, before I do, I just want to say, yeah, thank you for acknowledging, uh, acknowledging that this is um, for uh, men of color, um, uh, men who fall under the umbrella of the LGBTQ family. Um, and so I, I think it's important that we address our own healing, um, you know, as somebody who falls 
in those categories, in those, in those um, descriptions, in those identities, um, I know how important, again, um, therapy and, and addressing some of those issues that I thought were, I've, I've already addressed, I thought have been mm-hmm. resolved. Um, they continue to, to um, change over time, right? And they still come up and we're talking about deeply held beliefs um, and thoughts and feelings and all those things that mm-hmm. tend to either negate or act like they aren't there or don't have an impact on us. Mm-hmm. Um just as a side note, I'll tell you, I live in Germany now, and I didn't even realize how stressed I was in the States until I moved here. Um, and then when I was removed from that daily barrage of just mm-hmm. stuff um, that, uh, and especially stuff that challenges our own safety, right? Like, I think um, we don't realize how unsafe we are. Um, in a certain space until we go somewhere where it feels like a little bit different. It feels safer um, that, oh, there's a lot of stuff that I, I haven't even addressed or didn't even realize was there. So um, I think mm-hmm. it's important to, um, yeah, just to reiterate just how important it is for uh, Black men, um, men of color, um, and, and under under the LGBTQIA family, um, you mm-hmm. know, how important that really is for them. So, um, sorry, I had to, I just mm-hmm. had to say, um, but yeah, in terms of EFT, so uh, EFT tapping, it's called tapping because you're literally tapping on different acupressure points. Um, and the science behind it is it's almost like acupuncture uh, without needles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we tap on these acupressure points while we state a kind of a, a statement about whatever the issue is. Um, and part of that, it, it, some people have called it a negative statement. Some people have, I just call it a truth statement. Like we have to, you know, call out the truth and acknowledge the truth before we can mm-hmm. do anything about it we have to acknowledge the dirt and dust in the house so that we can clean it (laughs) right Mm -hmm. um and so we acknowledge that and then just tap through the points and it's kind of like eastern medicine meets western energy psychology so Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about really undoing energy systems, um, how our energy gets stuck in thought patterns and feelings, right? When we have Mm -hmm. a a negative thought, we get stuck in that thought pattern. And so by tapping, we can start to get ourselves out of that that, um, hamster wheel of thought that we all tend to find ourselves in and look Mm -hmm. at from a different perspective. Um, So yeah, we tap through points and kind of see where we what happens? What do we notice? What do we what do we feel after that? What do we think, feel, sense, all those things, um, and see what shifted, if anything. Mm-hmm. And so what we do, um, actually, Perry, I'm going to just go through the points right now so that okay. your listeners understand what the points are, and then we'll kind of go through a um a practice round. Okay. Um, so the first point that we tap on is the side of the hand right next to the pinky. Um, it's the soft kind of fleshy part of that hand right there. And mm-hmm. again, this is called tapping because we are literally just tapping lightly with our other fingertips on that part of the hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we go through the demo, um, I'm going to say something three times and it's an even though statement. So even though. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this issue. I have this stress, whatever it is. Um, I deeply and completely accept myself something along those lines. I usually switch it up and do something mm-hmm. different. That's kind of the blanket statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, actually before, sometimes before we start tapping, it's good to rate whatever it is you're feeling on a scale of, uh, zero. Some people do zero to 10, one to 10, mm-hmm. either um, but just in terms of intensity, you know, is it, if it's zero or one, that means it barely exists. It's like it's it's not even there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother you. If it's a 10, it's like off the chart. Um, and so we just use that as a measuring tool and just to see what happens after we go through some rounds. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that being said, we tap on the side of the hand and then we go to the inside the eyebrow. So it's basically where the edge of the, the inside of the eyebrow meets the bridge of the nose. Hmm. Uh, and so you could do right side, left side, both sides, doesn't matter. And that's with all these points I'm going to show you. You can do right, mm -hmm. left, both, doesn't matter. Then we're going to go outside the eye to not all the way back to the temple, but it's just right there on the side of the eye, kind of where the bone meets that soft part. Mm. Um, yep. So yep. we're going to just tap gently right there. And then we're going to go underneath the eye again, between the bone and the soft fleshy part, just underneath the pupil. Yep. Good. And then you're going to go underneath the nose right there. Yep. Perfect. Again, just tapping gently. And then we're going to go underneath the lip or on the, and you don't want to go as far down as the, the bottom of the chin. So it's kind of in the fold underneath the lip right there. Yeah. We're tapping there. And then we're going to go underneath the collarbone. It's about midway between the ball of your collarbone and your shoulder. Um, so you're just tapping right underneath the bone there. Again, when you find these points, you'll know it. Your body intuitively knows it. You'll feel something. You'll be like, oh, that's it. <laughs> um, and then we're going to go underneath the arm. It's about midway down the rib cage. For women, it's about where your bra line would be. Um, and you can do open hand or you could do kind of duck fingers, whatever, again, is most comfortable for you. Some people like to do it as though they're giving themselves a hug. Um, and then we're going to go to the top of the head, just the crown right there. Good. Yep. Perfect. And then after we do that, maybe one or two times or three or however many times you do it, we're going to take a nice deep breath in. And you can stop tapping and just let go. Exhale. And then we're going to check in and see what we notice, what what mm -hmm. shifted, what thoughts, feelings, memories, whatever comes up during this process is right. <laughs> right. Um, our brains know exactly <laughs> what they need to do to heal mm -hmm. in the, in the mm -hmm. healing process. Because sometimes people will say, I don't know why this image came up or I don't know why. I felt this way. Um, that's okay. You don't need to know why. You just mm -hmm. we just know that happened. So we follow that. So um, I'm also so I'm also a um, <laughs> certified brain spotter. And what uh, this also says a lot to me is about the uh, neurobiological, neurophysical connection that's going on here, which is part of this mind body spirit connection as well. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's um, and it's shifting. What it does is it changes kind of how the brain wires and fires. Mm -hmm. um, and when you start to to shift and change that um, so that you're not on autopilot all the time. Um, it really it it speaks to the neuroplasticity of the brain, right? And that we mm -hmm. can actually change. Um, we, we don't have to stay stuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very much so. Very much mm -hmm. so. And I think this also hits in some places too of cultural practices that may have been forgotten or eliminated. I know I've worked with certain clients who are of the Ethiopian Eritrean uh diaspora. And mm -hmm. especially in the subject of grief, there's they they talk one of my clients talked about sort of a rhythmic tapping they would do as part of their mourning process, which connects so mm -hmm. much as part of this. Oh my goodness. That's so powerful. Like that there's this intuitive knowing that, and you know, some cultures have more, um, there's more of an intentionality there in their mm -hmm. practices, right? Um, but there's just like our body's intuitive knowing of what heals us, right? So mm -hmm. that, and that's beautiful. And even I've seen people who like might do some finger tapping when they're stressed mm -hmm. or something. And they, you know, they think it's just fidgeting, but I'm like, actually, no, there are points there that, <laughs> that help to calm you down or to, that can help you focus, um, that you're not even like consciously aware of, but subconsciously, clearly there's an awareness. Oh yeah. I like the aspect of, there's a reason why you put your hand on your head when you yes. are stressed out. I'm not talking about the face bomb. I'm talking hand on forehead yep. <laughs> it's because there is biological action that so, <laughs> biological systems that are at play as well 
with that about blood flow and keeping it in the frontal lobe as opposed to just going into that fight uh, that freeze flight and freeze response in the amygdala mm-hmm mm-hmm absolutely yeah there are so many you know natural things that people do when they're stressed right they go to that you know they rub their temples mm-hmm. and that's the side of the eye point you know when they're mm-hmm. trying to think they'll they'll kind of tap on their chin and that's that's that that point right so or we, touch or grab the bridge of the nose or the bridge of the nose right exactly yep yep ex- yep yeah so it's so fascinating to me hmm. so you would be so you so you'd go through a routine of the tapping and obviously it sounds like you'd move through these different points all the while making the statement that is different about or acknowledging the statement of what's going on of what's going on. That's right. Yep. So you're just calling it to the table, but while you do it, you, like you said, you, we send a signal to the amygdala, which is the kind of fight, flight, freeze center of the mm-hmm. brain. And we tell it that you're safe right now in this moment. And when we do that, then we can think about things a little bit differently. So yeah, that's exactly what, what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> Two, one, two things, and one just comes up because I know I, I stopped very intentionally. One of the things I know we've talked about in brain spotting is fight is actually comes last. Our biological safety responses are freeze and flight. Ah. But fight is last. But because of the English language and certain grammar grammatical rules, we always put fight first. Interesting. Yep, yep. Fight wow. always comes last. Okay. And thank you. Cause I'm going to be very um, consciously aware of that now, intentionally aware, um, freeze, flee, flight. Mm-hmm. and then fight. Or, and I guess fawn is, is um, fawn would be in there too. Yeah. Because that's one. And just for those who are wondering what is fawn fawn is that sense of uh, if you look at like a baby animal, once it's scared, it runs to the mother. It's mm-hmm. going to hide behind the mother. Where is the place where it feels like it can hide and be safe? Or mm-hmm. at least go to the place of safety. And we all have that instinctual component, no matter what age we're in. But that notion, just because of how English language works, we have been organizing something that always puts fight first when it is actually last. Ooh. Mm. That speaks volumes. <laughs> which all, which I also brings me back to the other thing I was thinking is like, so we also have to be conscious about that intentional statement that we're saying and also being aware of how are we phrasing that intentional statement to actually empower us, not disempower us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think about that because just because there are ways that, because of something else that's happened in my life, the reminder is saying that I can and I will is different than saying this has to happen, or I am hoping for this to change. It's like, no, that's leaving it all to the, all to forces that don't have necessarily have to respond. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I can, and I will is about empowering yourself. Yep. 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 Yeah. I love that. And, um, versus, yeah, like even I should, um, Mm -hmm. Oh, that's such a disempowering statement, right? Um, exactly. Well, it also gets caught up in judgment. In judgment, yeah. It, yep, yep, yep. Versus, you know, and I love um, just the kind of the thought of each and every day I I am, you know, improving, you know, more and more mm-hmm. or doing whatever it is. Because mm-hmm. your body, your, your, your brain responds to those words that, you know, the the uh, vocabulary that we use. So it's important to be very intentional about the words that we choose. And there's another one of those places where I say, this is where the benefit of working with somebody, uh, another therapist or somebody else is important because we're also paying attention to the wording we're using. The way mm-hmm. we can talk to ourselves can be under that, that auspices of something so subtle, we may not realize we're actually using disempowering speech. That's right. Yep. Oof. Yeah, I love it. 
Well, it was speaking about empowering speech. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> should we uh, should we do a practice round? Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, <laughs> do you want to choose something like if you were to think about kind of your audience and what might be relevant to them as we address as we address the, this particular topic? Is there anything that you think might be helpful for them? Hmm. For us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the first thought comes to mind, especially with um, Black History Month and Black Pride Month. And I also just recently came back from a trip from Washington, D.C., so I was visiting the African American History Museum as well. Um, I guess the, the empowering statement I put is that we are more than our past. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Whew. Okay. Okay. So all right. Let's do this. Sorry, I'm right. I'm, I'm formulating exactly oh, yeah. how I want to say this, but I think yeah. you know, so when we talk about actually the disempowering nature of the words that we use, but also the 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 things that are told to us um daily right Mm -hmm. implicit explicit um it can be disempowering and so i think maybe just kind of going on that theme Mm -hmm. um so as you think about kind of the disempowering messages that either you say to yourself on a daily basis or that you might get from media you might get from um just the um you know, the world around you, right? For some people, it might be at work. For some people, it might be in school. Um, You know, just thinking about some of those disempowering messages. Um, And as you think about that, just notice where in your body it it lands, right? For some people, it might be your chest, your stomach. For some people, it might be their hands. Um, But just think about those disempowering messages. You could rate it on a scale of one to 10, you know, thinking, you know, zero to one or one. I don't really notice them like they're not relevant to me Mm -hmm. Uh, to a 10 being, oh, my goodness, like every day. I just want to be out of the skin. Right. Because it's Mm -hmm. just overwhelming and so disempowering. Um, Just think about that. And you don't have to write it down. You don't have to, but just make a mental note of whatever that number might be for you. And let's go ahead. And um, as I say these words, you can just repeat them to yourself, um, either out loud or silently, whatever Mm -hmm. is more. And just repeating after me, even though I get all these disempowering messages on a daily basis, about my lack of worth, about my less than humanity. And I choose to honor the feelings that come up as I think about that. And remember that we are so much more than our past. Mm-hmm. Even though all these negative messages can be so disempowering, and I notice it, or maybe I don't notice it, but I can tell it's there, and I choose to think more empowering thoughts for myself. And one more, even though all these messages I try to ignore, I try to act like they don't impact me, but the truth of the matter is they do. And I choose to acknowledge how they do, how disempowering they can be, how upsetting they can be. And... I'm also open to acknowledging 
and recognizing that I, we are so much more than those messages. Good, and we're gonna start with the inside, the eyebrow just tapping right there. All these disempowering messages outside the eye, all these you are less than messages underneath the eye, all these it only goes back to slavery messages underneath the nose, all these were not worthy messages. Chin, all these disempowering messages. Collarbone just tapping right there. I'm tired of hearing them on a daily basis. Underneath the arm. I'm tired of feeling this way. Top of the head. I'm tired of being perceived this way. Inside the eyebrow, because I know I am so much more than that. Outside the eye. I know I have so much to offer. Underneath the eye. I know my voice deserves to be heard. Underneath the nose. My talents deserve to be seen. Chin. I deserve to be seen and heard. Collarbone. I am worthy. Underneath the arm. And I am so much more than our collective past. Top of the head. And I choose to be empowered in this present moment now. Good. So take a deep breath in. And let go. Ah. And just see what, what happened. What did you notice? What what shifted for you? What what came up? I know I feel a little less tense today. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, and that's and that's all it is. It's you know that was really uh, short. You know, just mm -hmm. in the interest of time. But um, had I had a little bit more time, we may have gone into a little more specifics or you mm -hmm. know some details. Um, and that's the importance of again working with a particular a, a practitioner who can help with pra uh, particular issues that you might be going through. Because the more specific we are, the better. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, just I can't stress that enough. But hopefully. Uh, the listeners found some some benefit and some uh, release in whatever way was mm -hmm. needed for them. As do I. So we're going to skip our usual question about um, reality and so forth and myths and reality of it. I want to give also a chance for you to talk a bit about your books. Okay. Before we wrap up today. Sure, sure. <laughs> so Yes, I currently have uh, two books out. So the first book that uh, I released, it came out in 2016, and it's called From Morning to Night, Overcoming Loss. And that's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G to K-N-I-G-H-T, as you said in the beginning. Um, and that's essentially, I started writing that as, honestly, like a journal diary entry. Mm -hmm. um, I started writing shortly after, right after my dad died, um, in 2012. And, you know, he would always say, son, you need to document your experiences more. And at that time, I didn't have a, a job. Like I was still, mm -hmm. I went to go to his funeral and to be there with him. And um, I didn't have a job for a specific or a, a while. And mm -hmm. so I did writing, I would get up and write my thoughts and feelings every day. And it kind of morphed into this, what became a book, um, and I decided, you know, if I could take some of my experiences of loss and share them with the listener or with the reader and hopefully help at least one person um, not feel so alone in their grief, not so mm -hmm. feel, not feel so alone in their mourning process um, and, and, and just to normalize that we all go through it, you know, 
Um, and these are, you know, certain things that, that, um, you know, many people go through. And so if I could at least mm. share my story, um, to, to give one person hope, then that's what I wanted to do. And mm. so that was the first book. And then the second book was kind of a follow-up to that because I was going around my local area and different places speaking about my book at that time. And I realized like I didn't give a lot of tangible items for people to do or use mm -hmm. in their process of healing, in their process of grieving, mourning, et cetera. It doesn't have to just be for grief and, and loss, but um and so at that time, I had also read The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He uses an acronym for uh, things to do in the morning. I think his is savers. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was highly influenced and inspired by him. And so the second book is called What's Your Action Plan? Six Powerful mm -hmm. Ways to Get Unstuck in Your Life Now. And action is the acronym that I used. And it's um, A for affirmations or affirmations, something I mm -hmm. learned from one of my therapists that I went to. Um, C is for creativity, exercising your creativity. T is for talking to um, others, uh, especially professionals. I is for introspection, doing that mm -hmm. internal work, looking inside, because we all know when we're off and we need that extra help. Um, o is for openness, just being open and vulnerable with people, because the more that we do that, the more that we connect. Um, and then N is for nowness or being in the present mm -hmm. moment and how do we practice that. Um, so, yeah, that's those are the the two books that that uh, I've written. Right. And where can folks find those as well as if they wanted to find and talk with you more? Sure. Well, uh, so unfortunately, being here in Germany, it, it doesn't allow for me to see as many uh, clients uh, additionally. So people would see that when they go to my website. Um, but at some point, I'll be going back to the States. I guess I got to mm -hmm. go go back home at some point. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but they can go to my website, DamonSilasPsychology.com. Um, and there they can go to the store and find those books. Um, they're also available on Amazon as well. Um, so yeah, you just look up either my name or the book title and you mm -hmm. will find them there. And is there a particular place for people to go find if they want to work with a uh, BIOPOC uh, EFT or, or EFT? Yeah. The yeah, EFT United. Um, if there's any type of way they can, beyond just doing just search for those terms, is there any particular list or what that might be able to help with finding that yeah we um so this tells you uh <clears throat> we had a uh an instagram page black tappers united mm -hmm. um and so on there and we also had a website and i i don't know actually if they're both still active i hope they're still active okay uh, but that is one place and then you know people could always reach out to me as well um and then i could connect them to whomever. Um, and my email is on the website, damonsilaspsychology.com, mm -hmm. um, or they can email me. Oh, it's, and that's info at damonsilaspsychology.com. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll try to have some of that information in the show notes. Awesome. Well, Damon, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to be here and talking with everybody. And uh, hope you enjoy your, your stay in Germany before you come back here with a much more refreshed and better able to guarded way of protecting yourself as you have to be here. Thank you. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, I thank you for having me on your podcast and for allowing me to share uh, with your listeners. So this has been such a joy, such a pleasure. So I appreciate what you do, Perry. All right. You too. So that's our show for this day, folks. And as it is, as I said, this is going to be for black history and black pride month. So we're going to be having a few more episodes for this before this month's over. So stay tuned for those. I'm a little behind on my advertising. Like I said, still doing some recovery from being sick. So take care, be well, be healthy, and enjoy this month. Thank you for tuning in for Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. Be sure to join your host, Perry Clark, 
for another episode on the podcast coming soon on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 